Thank you for joining IRW Coffee Break. This is a podcast hosted by the KPMG IRW specialists within Washington National Tax to discuss current topics in the field of information reporting and withholding. Every episode will discuss a discrete area of interest in a short 10-minute segment. These segments aren't intended to be a comprehensive discussion of law, but rather are intended to be a quick knowledge update or a refresher that you can fit in over a break. So we invite you to grab a cup of coffee, fit in an afternoon stretch, or just get comfortable while we explore all things IRW. Hi, I'm Danielle Nishida. I'm a principal in the international practice within Washington National Tax. I'm joined today by Lori Hatton-Boyd, Technical Lead of Information Reporting and Withholding within KPMG. Today, we'll be discussing the IRW impacts of the proposed changes to law discussed in the Biden administration's Green Book, just released on May 28th. For those of you who aren't familiar with the lingo, the Green Book is the president's proposed changes to the Internal Revenue Code for the upcoming fiscal year. These proposals are merely that, they're proposals. They may be enacted into law or they may not be. And if they are enacted, they may undergo substantial changes by Congress before they actually become law. However, they're important because they give us an insight into this administration's tax priorities for 2022. Therefore, it's beneficial to know what's being proposed so that you can prepare accordingly. So, Lori, I know you've spent a lot of time in the Green Book over the past week or so. Can you give us some of your impressions on what you found noteworthy from an IRW perspective? So, as we all know, the budget that was proposed is very large, and we see a lot of offsets without tax increases based on enhanced information reporting. We see a lot of numbers thrown around. There was some congressional testimony ahead of the Green Book coming out where We saw numbers as high as $700 billion being lost to gaps in information reporting, that they feel if they got these gaps closed, they would have better voluntary compliance and we would be okay with that $700 billion to offset this $7 trillion budget that's been proposed. And I think the one that really strikes out to me is this enhanced information reporting with respect to financial accounts. I think the starting point, they talked about certain taxpayers receive a lot of income that still is not reported on either a W-2 for an employee or a 1099 in some fashion. And one of the interesting things they talked about was partnership income, which surprised me because we do have K-1 reporting with respect to partnerships. And I think part of the problem there is maybe the IRS's ability to use the information on the K-1 currently with their technology. But anyways, that was one of the things that they pointed out. And The end result that they're proposing is financial institutions to have increased reporting on particular accounts. And it's not really clear how these accounts are going to be identified yet. As you indicated at the very beginning, this is all just a starting point and so quite vague. But where these accounts are identified, the financial institution would have increased 1099 reporting. And I think the current talk is additional boxes added to the 1099 INT that would show the inflows and outflows is the verbiage they use. So they mean the deposits and the withdrawals that are coming out of that account. And then it's anticipated for those taxpayers that have to have this enhanced reporting that there'll be additional schedules to their personal tax returns or their business tax returns where they're going to do some type of reconciliation. And what that's really getting at is the IRS says, yes, we have a lot of income reporting, but we don't have any expenses. We don't know when either expenses are claimed or they're claimed too high, those types of things. And that's what all of this type of information reporting is getting at. Prior information that we've seen, it seems to be focusing on U.S. taxpayers and U.S. accounts. But interestingly, Treasury had released a report a few days earlier than this Green Book where they talked about this new financial account reporting, and they mentioned that it was going to be quite broad. And in fact, 
mentioned foreign financial institutions. We don't see that reference in the Green Book, and we're not sure what exactly that enhancement is, if they mean enhancement to FATCA reporting, or if somehow they're going to be required to do some type of enhanced 1099 reporting in addition to what they're doing. So again, as you pointed out, it's a starting point, so we'll just be watching for how that moves forward. But it was interesting that we have that reference there. I think what's interesting also is you've provided a lot of details. Those details aren't all in the Green Book. The Green Book is just saying they're going to enhance information reporting and get this additional data about the inflows and outflows, but they don't really talk at all in the Green Book about how they're going to identify those accounts. And if you just read the Green Book, it would seem like it would apply across the board to all financial accounts. That's exactly right. Back in February, there was a bill introduced that has a lot of details on this exact type of proposal. And that was really the starting point prior to this. And that's when it talked about identifying the accounts and an income threshold and that type of thing. But you're absolutely right. In the Green Book, it looks very, very broad. But if you look at the whole, that prior bill that was introduced, when you look at the congressional testimony that came prior to this Green Book, it really hones in on what gap that they're trying to close here. Because if you think about that, if if you took the Green Book for face value, and it was every single account that was over $600, the IRS would be just inundated with information that they wouldn't even know what to do with. So, you know, I think that just tells us when you look at everything in its totality, they're really honing in on this specific gap that they need closed that they think is going to result in this $700 billion additional revenue. That's interesting because you've talked about general reporting requirements for all accounts, and there is another section where they specifically are talking about increased reporting pertaining just about crypto assets. And I think we've seen tax compliance with respect to crypto assets be a really big issue both in the United States and globally for a while now. So I don't think this proposal is really a surprise to anyone. Biden's Green Book proposal appears to do two main things. First, it contains a general mandate requiring brokers to report with respect to crypto assets. Section 6045 today includes a requirement that brokers report gross proceeds reporting on a 1099B with respect to the sale or disposition of securities or other financial assets. But this section today doesn't specifically address crypto assets. The Biden administration proposes to amend that. Their proposal would amend the statute to require brokers to report gross proceeds on the sale of crypto assets conducted on behalf of customers. The proposal makes it clear that entities such as U.S. crypto asset exchanges and hosted wallet providers would be included in the definition of a broker for Section 6045. While the proposal doesn't indicate that cost basis reporting is required for crypto assets, it does contain language permitting Treasury to require reporting of any additional information that Treasury deems is necessary. So it's not certain right now whether they intend cost basis reporting to be included. We would have to wait for the statute to be passed and for regulations to be issued on that. The other expansion in crypto reporting applies to who must be reported. Today, 6045 applies to customers generally, but there's no current requirement to look through entities to report the owners of those entities. The Biden proposal requires a look through, looking through certain passive entities to identify foreign owners and report on those owners. The Green Book is clear that this requirement is being done so that the United States can exchange that information with partner jurisdictions so that the U.S. can reciprocally receive information on U.S. taxpayers that engage in crypto asset transactions, both directly and indirectly through passive entities outside the United States. In other words, the U.S. wants to expand FACA reporting to include crypto assets. What's interesting, though, is they are 
clearly indicating that they want more FATCA reporting with respect to crypto. And they are indicating that they plan to offer reciprocity for their partner jurisdictions so that they can get that increased information. But what they're not doing in this proposal, which is really notable because it was done consistently throughout the Obama administration, they did not include a provision talking about reciprocity for FATCA in general. Under the IGAs for FATCA originally entered into, the U.S. had agreed to exchange certain information and make a best effort to increase reporting to address the differences in reciprocity. For example, today, the U.S. does not collect information on non-U.S. parties with respect to the reporting of gross proceeds, generally, with respect to account balance, and they don't do the look-through of passive entities. Biden is proposing that, but as at least with respect to gross proceeds and the look-through of passive entities, but solely in the crypto area, it appears that they're walking away from the goals of generally getting reciprocity across the board for all other financial accounts. It's really interesting given the increased reporting that Lori just talked about and the fact that they're laying a groundwork for the look-through of passive entities with respect to crypto, that they're not kind of taking that approach and continuing to try to get the additional FATCA reporting, because it seems to me it's going to be difficult to get partner jurisdictions to increase their reporting while the U.S. is seemingly not fulfilling its complete obligations under the IGAs based on what they originally intended. But again, what we're talking about is what's currently proposed for statutory changes. So it is possible that there's other proposals that they're considering on the back end we're just not seeing that visible. And we did see that in the Obama administration green books. So Lori, any other final observations? I know we're out of time now and we've got more issues to talk about that we can take up in a second session, but any other comments to make before we close today? I think just reiterating your point that you made about that reciprocity. Again, we only have this reference in that treasury report that was a precursor to the green book, but it clearly says that this expanded reporting is somehow going to impact foreign financial institutions. And again, to the point you made, just reiterating that, seems like that's going to be a tough sale if we can't produce some information that's going to be useful to them as they're trying to administer their tax locally. Thank you for listening to this episode of IRW Coffee Break. Please join us for our next episode where we'll discuss the remaining IRW impacts of the Biden administration's Green Book. We would love to hear from you. If you have comments on this podcast or have ideas about topics to cover on future episodes, you can email us using the podcast feedback button on the webcast page. We hope to see you again soon.